What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, we have an interesting topic for you today on a film study short. We just finished the preseason, and Anthony Reinhardt is here to join us. He has done a ton of analysis of who plays in the preseason relative to who starts and who plays during the regular season. This is some very interesting stuff. I'll give you general trends in the league about who's playing a lot and who's not. Anthony, how are you doing? Pretty good, Ken. How are you? 
uh, outstanding and just great to have you on again. Uh, you always do a very thorough job. And as you know, we're a methodology podcast. Uh, a lot of the time we'd like to dig into this a little bit. And this is a fascinating. I saw this on Twitter. Uh, you'd produced a chart of which teams produce the play the most starters in the first week, sorry, in their last preseason game that would then go on to start the first regular season game. Correct. Is that, yep. that right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, tell me, first of all, how did you get into the, the, deciding this was an interesting thing to analyze? Well, I, I think one of my, and I think I talked about this last time uh, you had me on, I've been focusing a lot of my uh, my time and energy this offseason to understanding roster movements and, and kind of tracking those a little closer. And there's a lot more of that kind of action in the preseason. So, um, you know, the, the, the public analytics space does not do a lot of stuff with the preseason for obvious reasons. Uh, it's, it's not as... Uh, important to the regular season, uh, as, as everybody knows, but, um, you know, also it can be kind of tricky to, to track this stuff because there just isn't the, the, the kind of depth of public data that we typically have. Yeah. All right. So why don't we start from the ground up here? Because I think a lot of our definitional questions we can get to with this very first slide here of yours, which I just love. So tell us what we're looking at in this, uh, uh, analysis of the Tennessee Baltimore first preseason game. Yeah, so I think one of the the first thing that people say about preseason games, understandably, is that, you know, the starters aren't playing or, um, yeah, they had a touchdown drive, but that was against, you know, so-and-so's backups. Um, so so I wanted to kind of first start with a sense of like, okay, how many first stringers and second stringers are on the field at at any given time? And um, that's that's kind that can be kind of subjective. It depends on who you're talking to and there's no official way to measure um, who's a, who's a true, um, first stringer and who's a second stringer. Um, you know, but, but the, the best definition I could get is the team issue depth charts, which come from kind of like the PR and media folks. Mm -hmm. So it's not, not super reliable, but, um, you know, I, I we just want to get like a baseline here. Are there a lot of starters on the field? Are there not a lot of starters on the field? Who's kind of, you know, filling out the ranks of, of this cohort of players that's on the field. So, um, how to read this basically is uh, the orange section in the middle shows uh, the number of first stringers that are on the field for both teams. The Ravens are on the right on both of these panels. Titans are on the left. The first panel shows Titans offense, Ravens defense. The other one shows Titans defense against the Ravens offense. Mm -hmm. um, starting from the top is the beginning of the game. And um, each each of the uh, horizontal uh dot dashed lines separate drives and each there's little bars in each one that, that show plays but um it, it shows you at the beginning that like if you take the first play of the ravens offense against titans defense ravens had one starter on the field mm -hmm. um titans had three and then um i think the ravens looks like they had five second stringers on the field so players that are listed with like the second unit on the depth chart and uh the, the titans looks like they have um six uh, second unit players on their very first play of the game. So, and then it kind of decreases from there and you get in like the second half where it's, it's mostly second string players. And then the white space is, is third string or lower players. So as the game goes on, you know, teams yank out the second stringers and it's the guys who are fighting to, to make the roster special teamers or practice squad guys. First of all, I absolutely love this chart. Uh, and I understand a lot of the definitional problems you're going through, in particular, the PR issue depth charts are often 
they aren't really made. They're certainly not made by the football operations side because they wouldn't give away that kind of information. But but they often will have discussions, uh, you know, with the head coach and say, you know, what do you want us to do in terms of how you set this up? And the usual rule, at least in the Harbaugh uh, scheme, is that rookies got to earn it. So they'll list a, you know, a fourth round tight end, you know, maybe a third round tight end like Mark Andrews. They list him as fourth on the depth chart or something. <laughs> you know, so yeah. is, is, uh, so uh, you do get some funny stuff going on. And so Mark Andrews might actually show up in the white in his might have showed up in the white in his rookie year. So I understand that. But it, that's a small, fine detail problem with this. The general what you're creating a viz for is just outstanding. I mean, this is this is really getting at. Uh, what's going on in a very manageable way. So you're going drive by drive through the game. You see there's less and less players. That's exactly what you'd expect. You can see very clearly on the offensive side that there's not a big difference between the two teams in terms of how many, how, how long they played their regulars. It's not long in either case. It does look like the Titans went a little bit further with a few more defensive starters. Yep. Well, just, just outstanding stuff here. Uh, uh, so uh, any other definitional challenges that came up in, in maybe defining one, two, three, uh, looks like this, this Ravens defense, I think the last play of that third of that second drive, oh, sorry, of the first drive was a Dafioe coming in for his one pass rush snap. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, and I, I don't know who the other player was in there that would have been in the game defensively. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of a, <laughs> that, that's, you know, I think one of the problems is with, with this is like you kind of have to ask yourself who is the one player sometimes, and uh-huh. it's like, oh, does that player count as a starter? Do they not? And I think with, with some positions too, it gets weird where it's like, you know, you it's it's totally normal for your second string receiver to play a lot of snaps. I mean, your second string receiver, mm-hmm. like you know, your your wide receiver four comes on and plays a snap, and you know, well, you would not expect that to be. Um, uh, that player to be a starter, it's like, yeah, they should be playing with the ones from time to time. So you don't, it, it's, it's hard to show kind of a mix of things. So it's like, I think on average NFL teams are probably, if I had to guess are, are more like, you know, there are probably eight first stringers on the field at one time with, with three second stringers on, on defense and maybe a little less on offense. You're talking during the regular season now. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, uh, good, to, good to know. Um, how about, I'll, I'll ask you one methodological question here, is that when you have a position that's not on the field every time, and of course scheme matters, and you have a team that plays, let's, let's go to the offensive side because I think it's easier. You have a team like Arizona who plays a lot of 10 personnel or and a ton of 11, and they almost never play with three in the, uh, three between tight end and running back. Uh, how do you, how do you deal with them differently than you would a team like the Ravens who plays a ton of 21, 12 and 13? I, I think for something like this, there's really no easy adjustment that I can make, but I think for other stuff, like I, I like to kind of think about like starters, for instance, as um, you know, maybe on offense, it's like the the five linemen that, that play the first play of the game, the first quarterback that, that plays the first play of the game. And then, maybe your two receivers that, that play the first play of the game that have the most snaps. And then after that, um, maybe the receiver that plays the most snaps in the game or the skill position player after those players that, that plays the most snaps in the game, just so you can kind of, um, you know, fit the number of starters to the, the team scheme and then um, maybe get a sense for whether or not their start, the unit that comes out first on the field is their typical uh, unit, you know, if you, if your first play of the game is a goal line play because you have a turnover or whatever, 
Um, those are your starters, but like, you know, are, is that really your top unit? You know, is that your best 11 guys that you would come out in, in a neutral situation with? So I think it's tricky when you're trying to, to whittle it down to who are, who are the 11, you know, first stringers on any team. Okay. So, but that said, this is fantastic for broad brush analysis, really trying to, to understand something. It'd be on the margin. Like usually for most teams, it would be players 10 and 11, like the five offensive linemen. There's not really a question about that. Um, The nickel defensive back would be one I'd ask because they often play well over half the snaps, but they might not be out there on the first play of the game. Yeah. And I think that that too can be game flow dependent. You know, if you're losing or if you're, as you say, if you're winning and you're, you know, you're putting your opposition in a lot of passing down situations, I think you're more likely to have a nickel back on the field for a lot of plays. So that, mm-hmm. that further uh, adds complexity, you know, especially if you're playing a team like Arizona, where you were trying to match their personnel, you're going to play personnel you might not usually play on defense. So I think in some sense, offense uh, dictates their own personnel, but the defense sometimes has to match the team they're playing. So there's there's another another layer to it also they put in a shameless plug for an old video i did here a while back but there's a name that defense video i did in, after the 2018 19 season that talks about uh how teams line up uh against various offensive formations the offense really decides a lot of the lot of what the defense is going to look like. It's not, you know, the defense responds second, kind of like in hockey, the home team making the second change. But the the defense responds second. And Arizona putting out 10 personnel meant in their week two matchup, the Ravens played 19 four-corner dime alignments in that game, which is really unusual for them. They play a, a, a very frequently play a three-safety, three three-corner dime, but very rarely that four-corner dime. In fact, that was 19 of the 21 times they played it that season. So you can see that that there are times when this is 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 going to be very team dependent. But Anthony, you've you've done this is so good in terms of of what it is at the baseline. It provides such a good framework for this. I want to let you go on with your next slide here and talk a little bit about where you take this. Yeah, yeah. So another one that I was looking at was um, you know kind of getting a sense for uh, in in terms of of who plays in the last preseason game how many of those guys end up making the initial 53? Um, so this is the last season, uh, 2021, uh, the, the players who played in the, what is the third and final preseason game in 2021 that ended up making the 53-man roster. Of course, you have a lot of teams here where, um, you know, they're the guys who they basically played everybody, the Panthers and Buccaneers, and, and maybe had some guys that, that were held out due to injury um, that make up those remaining four spots. But you have other teams like the Raiders who, uh, pretty much benched everyone who, I mean, you know, 80% of the team that was going to make the 53-man roster and just had, you know, a, a few guys fighting out those final spots. So um, kind of a, you know, whereas uh, we're looking in the previous uh, image at um, something that that is based somewhat on like PRs, like the PR guys putting out, um, you know, their, their kind of, depth chart the the best that they can this is really based on on reality but you have to wait for that reality to unfold um and find out who's going to be on the 53 before you can tell how many of the 53 guys played in the preseason finale yeah you have to wait w-a-i-t for the for the thing and you have to wait w-e-i-g-h-t for who among these guys is actually a a big time snap earner 
during yep. the regular season. So yeah. uh, even though the, the Ravens played 43 of their 53-man roster, I, I bet it was about their best 10 players who sat out of that game, pretty close to it anyway. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that you, there's also a priority placed on the age of players. I know that from watching the Browns' last few preseason games since I you know cover the Browns, um, the players who did not play were, were pretty much exclusively veterans who had been in the system for a, a little bit of time. Um, who, who probably did not need that tune-up game and can come in week one and and know what they're doing. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. And we did have this discussion, I believe, on the last time you were on, but the initial 53-man roster is like the one from today, August 31st at 4 p.m., as opposed to adjustments that are made prior to the preseason, right? Exactly, yes, yes. So this is the, the, the very first time teams get to this 53-man roster point, which – uh, as as we pointed out a number of times last time, it's not the final, not the final fifty three man roster. There's you know the roster's constantly turning over, so it's it's never really final. But um, it doesn't always match the week one roster because teams will make moves, and basically it's whoever they want to make sure that they have control over through that fifty three man threshold. And, and sometimes you know it won't be your your best fifty three players. It'll just be the fifty three that you're most worried about losing. So if you have players who are special teamers that are veterans and don't need to go through waivers and you have kind of a handshake agreement that they're going to return to the roster after uh, the, the, the cut downs happen, then you can make a move and then get that person back. This is an extremely sore spot you're bringing up for Ravens fans today as Tony Jefferson has signed with with uh, Wink Martindale and the Giants. I, you probably know that I can see from I, yes, I, I had I had seen uh, I had seen a little blurb about that. So I was I was a little bit aware that that, that uh, it, it didn't quite work out this time for the Ravens. Yeah, kind of strange, but I, I guess I understand. We wish Tony well no matter what, but he's behind four other safeties here. So he might not have gotten on the field too much defensively. Uh Really loved him as a as a you know a Twitter follow and 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 everything he brought to the locker room and whatnot. But uh, a shame that he's not back. Anyway, um, so this gives us an idea of who makes the fifty three on on cut down day. Is there another stage to this analysis then that you want to take us through? Yeah, I, I think the the last one, and this is maybe the the clearest view of. Um, this might be a little hard to see, but. Um, this is, I think, the clearest view of like the decreasing importance of the preseason for teams, but also gives you a sense of like how many starters are a lot of team, like how many meaningful players in week one are teams putting out on the field. So this shows um, the number of regular season week one starters. And I did a few basic heuristics to figure out who qualifies as a starter. It's not necessarily the first 11 players on the field on both sides of the ball. Um but, but the idea here is to show, okay, your 11 starters on offense or starter-like players on offense, mm-hmm. starter-like players on defense, how many of those players played in each of the preseason games in the last eight years. I don't have 2022 up here yet because we haven't had week one of uh, the, the 2022 season yet, but I'll, I'll probably tweet this out again uh, when I have 2022 data. But you can kind of see, I think, broadly that you know the, the, the colors are getting a little lighter because it's color-coded. Uh, in 2021, teams are playing less players in the preseason. I'll even zoom in on the, the Ravens here. Um, and I, I think it'll be even lighter for uh, 2022, if I had to guess. Teams are just, you know, not um, 
I, I don't think getting as much out of the preseason maybe as before. And that's maybe a perception thing also. So 2021 was an odd year because it was the first to move to three preseason games for the gen pop of the NFL. Obviously the hall of fame team still get four, but you, you notice that looking across the lead, there was a sharp dichotomy of teams that played a lot of players and teams that didn't play very many. And the Ravens were kind of on the wrong side of that last year. Obviously the, the JK Dobbins injury has suffered in that last preseason game. And they had 18 of their 22 starters out there during that game. And, and uh, some other teams did, but, but not all of them. Yeah. And I think that's such an important point and teams are probably learning from, from, you know, that same kind of thing with the Ravens. And it's not, it's not like it's never happened before where there have been injuries in the preseason, but um, you, you seem to gain so little from getting these reps. I mean, we saw that in 2020 where like there was a little bit of sloppy play for like a quarter or so of, of some of the, the week one games. But for the most part, you know, football was not worse in 2021 when there was no preseason, in my opinion. Um, it, it was it was a little bit different, obviously, because there was no crowds and stuff. But, um, you know, I don't think it was obvious that, you know, no preseason really set teams back. Uh, especially since so many teams focus a lot of their energy on these joint practices that occur right before the preseason games where they can really control the situation. Yeah. Great, great point. So they can, they can control that situation with the no chop blocking with having their own practice rules applied to both teams and still play at uh, non brother-in-law in pads, offensive line versus defensive line play. Yep. I, you know, in 2021 is a, is an interesting year for, uh, for some other reasons. I look at teams like the chargers and the Raiders uh, maybe the Browns to a lesser degree, certainly in those first couple of games, they didn't play hardly anybody the whole preseason, which oh, seems yeah. to have been. Let uh, me actually least, go down to the, yeah. well, we're talking about this, go down to the. Oh, wow. Who, <laughs> in, this is Sean McVay's first year is 2019, 13, and then two. And then it's basically zero. And I think they were, they might've been at zero again this year, but, but, but go on, Ken, sorry. For I mean, that. that's, that's amazing. That's, that's really something. And, uh, right now it's a Rams world. So there's a whole bunch of Ravens fans trying to trying to say that we got to throw away our model. You know, the thing that served them so well for 25 years now yeah. and adopt the Rams model of spend now and forget about later kind of thing and, and ride the roller coaster of parody to, to a different degree. And by the way, I think that's a load of crap. I'll, I'll take that just <laughs> yeah, officially for right now. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I, I I was a Browns fan for a very long time. And I will tell you that that riding the parody roller coaster is not fun because it does not always go up when you think it ought to go up. So yeah. uh, <laughs> and you've seen some multiple first round pick situations go wrong for the Browns, yeah. obviously, over the years. And, it, it can happen. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that's terrifically interesting with what the how the Rams have done it. So they've already basically played no one the last two preseasons in terms of uh, of starters. The Ravens didn't play anyone this year, uh, more or less. Now, now participation, if it's for a series, you know, this is not capturing. So Patrick McCarry, or he's not even a starter anymore. But who who would be a starter that that would have played? Powers uh, is going to start at left guard for the Ravens. So he, he would have been a guy who, who, who played in this preseason. Juwan James might start week one. So they would have shown up on this chart, but they also were only kept in for a short time in each game. Yeah. Uh, yeah and that, that's something else that I've done in, in, in some separate analyses that, that I've, I've shared on the OBR is that um, while there are, are uh, starters that are playing, there are fewer starters playing, but they're also, when they do play, they're playing fewer snaps slightly. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, 
I would say the decrease in the number of starters who play is decreasing faster than the amount of time that each starter plays. But I think teams are very mindful of that. They don't want to put their put their good players out there for any longer than they feel like they have to. They just give them, you know, a taste of of football and then yank them right out of there. I think faster than they have been doing in the past. All right. Right. It's just this is really well done, Anthony, and very interesting work. I mean, you're, you're examining something that I, that I have not seen otherwise analyzed by anyone. So that's always cool. When I, when I see something like that on Twitter, I uh, appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to come on and explain this to us. Uh, tell us where folks can read your work generally. Yeah. So uh, I, I write a, what will now be a, a weekly uh, analytics recap for the orange and Brown report. Um, usually my work is behind the paywall, so uh, you can you can read it there if you're uh, an Orange and Brown Report subscriber. Uh, most of the stuff is Browns-based, uh, but also you can see a lot of my work on Twitter. You can follow me at uh, Reinhard NFL on Twitter, where I'll post graphs like this, analysis about, about all 32 teams. So um, I, I hope to, to see some new folks there. Well, very cool, Anthony, and thanks for taking the time with us today. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a, on a film study short, we still have a little bit of time before the season starts. I love analytics pods, as you know, from listening to this one with, with Anthony, but I also love people being passionate about Ravens football. And so if you have a topic you want to talk about and you think this just isn't right or I just love this about the team, make it narrow. Discuss it in 20, 25 minutes. I'd love to hear from you. DMs are always open on Twitter. I'll get back to you right away. Anthony, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ken. It was a good time. Outstanding. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.